The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. God, what a week. So I have uh, something in my spirit, just really stirring in my spirit today. And um, I've titled my message called Breaking Through, Setting the Level or Raising the Bar. Now, before I get to it, of course, um, I'll just go get it myself. So I want to explain this to you, how, how this happened, but let me play a clip to you from the camp meeting that took place in January. So if they roll the clip and then I'm going to get at the message and just talk to you what happened actually Friday night, because a, a total miracle is underway here. It's not just about the ministry receiving a million dollars. We thank God for that, but what's taking place is very holy and I'll explain it all to you from the scripture and what's happening, because if this is happening, there and happening here, what's going to happen for you? Are you with me? So let's roll the clip, if you would, please. Greet the people. Praise God. I was just thinking of the verse of scripture where the Bible says, and the spirit of the Lord came in the midst of the congregation upon Jehaziel and said, the battle is not your battle, but the battle is the Lord's. And I was looking at a modern translation and it said, <clears throat> You're going to make it. Hallelujah. So if God's fighting a battle, you're going to make it. Hallelujah. The doctor tells you you're going to die, you're going to make it. If you wonder where the next dollar is coming from, you're going to make it. And it'll turn into a million. Hallelujah. If you wonder what you're going to do next, you're going to make it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're going to make it when nobody else is making it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 The battle's not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. Yeah. 
The battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. He's never lost one fight. Glory. I'm going to make it. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you're going to make it. Every day you wake up, you're going to make it. No matter what the world's happened tonight, we're going to make it. I dare you to say, I'm going to make it. Shout, I am making it. Right now. The battle. Not my battle. Basil, the battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. I'm making it right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I am making it right now. The singers are out ahead of us. I hear them singing. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. For his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord. For his mercy endures forever. Just today, the mayor of Atlanta sent me the contract for Turner Field. Hallelujah. I'm the only preacher they're letting in this year, they said. But I think I'm going to spearhead it. You go in there. Amen. Because the battle is not my battle. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. We're going to make it. Hallelujah. The mayor didn't know it, but he's going to make it. Hallelujah. What he made happen for me, God's going to make happen for him. Hallelujah. Last time I was there, the mayor was Hakeem somebody, and he took me for every nickel he could get. And there was a lady that helped me. Her name was Keisha Bottoms. And I got so happy, I said, Keisha, you're the mayor now. I'm making you the mayor. And a few months after I left there, they called and said she became the mayor in January. Amen. And she was the mayor the last four years. But now the guy that's there now, he's a spirit-filled brother. Hallelujah. The battle's not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. I dare you to lift your hand and just say, Lord, I'm winning. I'm winning my battle right now. I'm making it right now. I'm not going to fail. I'm not going under. I'm not going to be disappointed. I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm not going to let anything keep me down. I'm going to make it because the battle is not my battle. The battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. Everything's turning around for my good. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're making it right now. Oh, glory to God. Then look at your neighbor and tell him, you're going to make it. 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 Hey, glory to God. You are making it now. Battle's not your battle. The battle's not your battle. The battle's not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. Spirit of the Lord said million-dollar offerings, billion-dollar flow. Hallelujah. For the years over, million-dollar offerings, billion-dollar flow. Glory to God. 
You're going to make it. Hallelujah. You're making it right now. You're not even faking it. You're making it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The battle's not your battle. Hallelujah. The battle is the Lord's. Glory to God. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon you in the midst of the congregation. He'll spin you like a top. You'll run like a, a deer. Glory to God. The battle's not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. There'll be a new wind and a second breath. Glory to God. Be a fresh wind from glory. Hallelujah. Take you around the world and up and down and all around. Oh, the battle's not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. Did I tell you you're going to make it? Hallelujah. <laughs> no more struggling, glory uh, to God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, and so I tell every one of you, you're going to make it. Look up to your elder brother Jesus right now. Say, Lord, thanks for helping me make it. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory. Our faith, our faith, our faith, our faith, our faith, our faith in God. Hallelujah. The battle's not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. And as a dear man taught me years ago, you don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. When he announced he's going to Atlanta, I immediately said, we, we're selling 100,000 towards that crusade. And uh, we did. We started. We'll finish it this week. And uh, Jonathan had said to me, actually, before that, he said, listen, I prayed and talked to the Lord. The moment I get three million in the bank, a million's coming to RMI. Well, I didn't, you know, I mean, I don't sit around waiting, hey, did you get the three million yet or whatever. <laughs> But for, for him and Adalis, it was like breaking through a level because you can give gifts of 100,000, but he just felt in his heart that he wanted to do something radical because of what they've just got their land and they're going to have to build. It's going to be about 5 million just to build. And so he knew by the time he hits 3 million, it's not going to be enough to build, but he wants to show something significant to break for him. And it would be a breaking through a level that he'd never been before. So, um, I hadn't watched anything this week. Of course, he was in Carolina. thing went upside down, went purple on, on him. You know, the pastor didn't like prosperity and stuff like this. So, the meeting was just canceled, and he went home. And he actually got stirred in his spirit. And he thought, you know, the devil hates this message. I'm going to do a spite-a-thon, a spite-a-thon to the devil. And so, um, even when I saw the advertising on Monday night, He's doing the spider-thon. I called him up. I said, a spider-thon? What are you doing? <laughs> so he said, no. He said, I've got my foot on the head of the devil. I said, oh, okay, I understand what you're doing, because I didn't understand. I've never been a part of a spider-thon or anything. <laughs> but then I never got to watch, because we were so busy last week in just what was going on. But on Thursday night, my wife and I were sitting up in my office, and I saw Spider-Thon spider come on there, and uh, he was, you know, talking, and I think they'd probably raised about, um, oh, I'm trying to think, was it was about 250000 and come in Monday through Thursday, you know? And so he was saying, if you give $500, you'll get my book. And, and I'll sign it. And I thought, well, he never gave me the book. The book had come out. I thought, so I, I gave $500 to their cash app. And I, 
screenshotted it and said, listen, where's my book? I, <laughs> I want my book. And so then he went and said, you know, there are other benefits other than just getting a book when it comes to sowing and reaping. He said, I've got a Bible here by a preacher. It's a stewardship Bible I can send you. Know, but you know how Jonathan is. And so I said, if I don't get my book, I'm flying up there. I'm going to get my book. I want my book. So then he said to me, and he was just doing this by faith. He said, if you fly up here Friday night, I'll give you a check of a million dollars. So, so I, I thought, I'm not sure if I can. I said, I'll see what's happening. You know, I mean, I'm not going to, who wants to go to Pittsburgh? <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. I mean, really, it's, fr- it's rainy. It's like whatever. It's not even worth, not even for a million dollars. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Seriously. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, we, we left beautiful Florida, Atlanta there. It's chilly. The water's everywhere. It's just like I told the people. When I walked around and greeted everybody and I said, I, 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 I'm not sure if this is even... Anyway, you know, I'm, I'm pulling a Jonathan on Jonathan uh, there. But so anyway, so we, we sit down to do the Spider-Thon. And by the time I got there, everything had already exploded from the time he said that that by the time I arrived, they were already at half a million. And then while we were on the air, and we didn't do major, I mean, if anybody saw it, by the time the thing finished, was at 850,000 already. Now, the lady had come to um, the Carolinas and brought him a check of 300,000 towards his building. So I spoke to him this morning because he said to me, he said, listen, I purpose in my heart to give that million. And he said, when the 300 comes, and he said, I think we're close to 950,000 that came in last week because the Lord has spoken to me to sow a check of 100,000 to their building. But I was doing it in April because I was already committed to other ministry that we were sowing here. We've already given this year already $1.5 million, our ministry. Yeah. You, and you're all a part of that. So I have, you know, I stagger what I'm doing because I know this has to go out this month, this, and I'm, we supporting people around the world. And so anyway, so he said, you brought that hundred, but he said, let me just tell you, by the time that 300 gets here, he said, in actual fact, the million went out, but he said, we're actually about 1.5 million up. He said, it's, he told me this morning, he said, it's, It really is supernatural. But here's what I felt when I was sitting on the set with them. And it was actually a very very holy moment. It's not about the money. People, listen, I've been doing this a long time, whatever. I mean, it could have been 200 million. It could have been 500 million. It doesn't change anything. It's just money with zeros on. The bottom line is it was a sacrifice of something that they were breaking through, like a sound barrier or a barrier for them, that he just felt that if he did that, that God was going to, that new building, and, and Brother Ted had given him the word that by the time you build that building, at the turn of the key, you'll be totally debt free. Hmm. At the turn of the key, you'll be totally debt free. And so I was sitting there, and obviously it was a very holy moment. And if you go watch the rerun, you'll see it. And I thank them, obviously, for the seed they're sowing into the harvest. And we'd already planned now to sow this week. As we go, the three churches that we're dedicating, we, we're sowing a great seed to each of them. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, this is before everyone knew that there was a million coming in. Are you with me? And so, because that's what we do. 
That's what we do. And so God began to speak to me and the whole of yesterday and last night. And I went to sleep, you know, I, I rested yesterday, I did. So please don't freak out what I'm about to tell you. But I was wide awake at 4.30 this morning. And the Lord was dealing with me about this morning. Because I was just going to, you know, just teach on giving and then preach a message. The Lord said, no, I want this to be the message here today. Because he said, for everybody that's in the building and those that are watching that are part of the vision of the house, he said, I'm going to break them through into another level today. Because it's something that you attach your faith to. Once you attach your faith to, you set in motion certain things that begin to move on your behalf. It, 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 it doesn't matter. It's got nothing to do with the economy. It's got nothing to do with what's happening in America. It's got nothing to do with what's happening in the world. The whole world can implode, but God's hand will be upon his people. You can either allow yourself to be governed by total fear of what is coming at you through the mainstream media, friends, people that say it's impossible, whatever, or you can hang on to the promises of God and that which God has called you to do and what the Lord's called. Who in their right mind would want to build a brand new sanctuary and pay cash for it in five and a half months? But look what the Lord has done. And now to launch into the second phase, and then after that, the next phase after that, and going to see this all by the hand of God, it is miraculous. And the same gift of faith that's on me will be upon every single one of you that are part of this house. And I understand everything is relative. It's all relative. Somebody said, but pastor, the numbers I'm dealing with are not as big as whatever. There are people in business that the numbers I'm talking about are going to be small because of the way God's taking you in your company and what God wants to do with your business. But another thing that the Lord said to Jonathan, he said, the Lord said, you don't have to have a hundred million to give a million. That's why he said, I said, why did you say that when you get to three, you'll give a minute? He said, because I just felt, I get tired of people sitting on huge amounts of money and then say, one day I'm going to give a minute. He said, I felt I'm going to set the standard here and just say, you don't have to be, you don't have to have $50 million to give a minute. Because a lot of people that have a lot of wealth, sometimes they always give the, they give the, the trickle. And Jonathan said, I'm not waiting for business people. He said, we are a ministry and we stepping out by faith to do that. Now, in Africa, we just sowed as a tour, as a ministry, we just sowed two million in their currency for their building to be done. Now somebody said, well, it's not the same as it all. A million is still a million. Are you with me? To them, it's still a million. They don't earn in dollars. So, and we've done that many times over the years. But God's about to break every one of you into another dimension. And you're the one that by faith break the level that you're at and you set the bar. It's like whoever participated in high jump. Okay, so high jump, believe it or not, I actually used to do that. And I can give you, I won't do a demonstration now, but I... I could show you how you run up and then they do the Frosberry flop. There's all different ways of jumping over the bar. But as you pass that level, they raise it up. They raise it up. They keep raising it up. And of course, the person that can get over, they're the winner. 
I mean, it's the most frustrating thing when you just, like by an inch, your behind catches the ball and pulls it down on top of you. That's like the most frustrating thing. I mean, you've worked hard, you've trained hard, weeks and weeks and weeks, and you, and you know the, the athletic meet only comes around once a year. Now you have to wait for next year for the thing to happen again. I'm going to do it again. I'll tell you, I'm going to jump. I'm going to clear that whole thing. And so you practice and practice, and you're going higher than you did in the athletic meet, but... On the day, maybe you ate something you shouldn't have eaten. You're not feeling, no, that's how it is. You're not feeling as limber as you normally were. And so you should have cleared that, that height, but you didn't clear the height. But then when you watch all the world records being broken, why? Because somebody just kept pushing the envelope. If, and I don't have the statistics here, but if you see about the four-minute mile, before the four-minute mile was broken, it was just like, what, break the mile in four minutes? Now everybody does it under four minutes. Are you with me? So the bottom line is when you break through, it opens the door for others to break through. Well, you might not know this, but you are breaking through on behalf of your children and your grandchildren. You're breaking through on behalf of your family. Now, somebody said, is this even in the Bible? I'm so glad you brought it up. Yes, it is. Go with me to the book of Genesis chapter 22. And let's look at Abraham. Now, let me read another passage before I get to Genesis, because I'm so excited about this. I don't want to leave this out, because I want to I go, go, go to Joshua chapter 1, and then we'll go to Genesis. Okay. Joshua 1 and then Genesis. Joshua chapter 1. Now, Father, anoint every ear and let every heart be receptive, receive what you have for them today. And everyone in this church is going to go to another level in their faith and in their walk in Jesus' name. It says, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all your people, into the land that I do give you, even to the children of Israel, every place the sole of your foot shall tread, I've given it unto you, as I said to Moses. Now we know the opposition that was there in the land to stop them from possessing the land. Here you are in the second month of the heaps, April, and God's telling you to go possess the land, but between you and possessing the land, the enemies... How many have some enemies that you're facing out there? So what does God tell Joshua? And he knew about it because everybody was already, that's why they were wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years, because everybody said, we can't do it. They're giants that live there. The sons of Anak. Yes, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. Yes. Yes. It's a land overflowing with milk and honey. But the giants, we look like grasshoppers. So when you think you look like a grasshopper, what is motivating you? Fear. Well, we, 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 I mean, we, we don't want to fail. Let's not, try, let's not attempt this. Do we have to do this at this juncture? Please. To go to the next level, you have to break your fear. Are you with me? Because the devil lies to everybody. He said, I'll be a failure, so why even try? Why even try? That's why people don't attempt to get out of the boat and walk on the water. Me stepping out of the box of the norm will be my downfall. Why? Who has ever done this before? What I'm feeling in my spirit, what God's telling me to do, who's ever done it before? 
I'm going to be out there by, my, by myself, and people are going to say, you're crazy. Who does a spider-thon? I've been in the ministry many years. I've never heard of a spider-thon, ever. You know, what about this? My critics are great. My critics, I, the moment I stick my head out to move, I get attacked by my critics. So what stops you from doing? You're afraid. You're afraid. My marriage will fail. It runs in the family. My whole family will go back in my history. My father's marriage failed, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, and go right back to my fifth great-grandfather. Now, obviously that didn't happen to me, but I'm just saying people use these excuses as a reason why they don't want to attempt to do anything. I'm going to die before my time, et cetera, et cetera. It, it doesn't matter. You put in whatever fear that might come your way, that will come to your mind, that will paralyze you, that will hold you back. But yet God says, come, come on, come walk with me. Come walk on the water with me. Come step out of the boat. Yeah, Lord, I understand all that, but the wind and the waves, I mean, seriously, uh, you want me to step out now? Lord, this is not the most opportune time. They're talking about collapsing of banks, and this is all happening. And, but he said, look, I've raised you up for this hour. This is your time. This is your moment. Yeah, but Lord, I mean, uh, seriously, I mean, how are we going to even do this? We can't do this. We don't have the ability to do it. But God says, all I want you to do is step out in faith, and then I'm going to meet you right there, and you're going to see the miraculous. Somebody said, what does that mean, Pastor? Bible stories actually come to life. Bible, what you read in the Bible actually comes to life for you. The Word of God actually comes alive for you. You begin to see the promises of God. Then he says, from this wilderness of Lebanon, even the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, under the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There will not any man be able to stand before you. I prophesied this over you, River Church. There won't be anyone be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. I will not fail you, nor forsake you. Be strong and of a good courage. For under this people you shall abide for an inheritance, the land which I swore to your fathers to give you. Only be thou strong and be very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded. Turn not from it to the right hand or the left hand that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law will not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate thereon day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you'll make your way prosperous and and then you'll have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with you, whithersoever you go. Now somebody said, you can't take that for yourself. He was talking to Joshua. There are people here, yeah, their name is Joshua. You can take it for yourself. And right now, my name is Rodney Joshua. How about? I'm not leaving that there on the table. Are you with me? We're not leaving it on the table. Now go to Genesis 22. So here's Abram or Abraham that God promised him you're going to have a child, you're going to have a son, and you're going to have a multitude's going to come from you. 
If, if you study the life of Abram, you'll see 25 years they even waited for a child. 25 years. Now, so you get your child. What a miracle. You're 100 years old. Your wife is 90. How many know that's a miracle if you're going to get a child at that age? The whole process was a miracle. Are you with me? Isaac wasn't. It wasn't a virgin birth. Sarah was 90 years old. Are you with me? And they, they had to do what everybody has to do to have children. Now, you can read the Bible and try to make it all spiritual, but I'm telling you, somebody said, but the Bible says, Abram didn't consider his own body, which is dead. You might be looking at a situation in a company or whatever you've been dealing with, property or a house or a job or whatever looks dead, but you don't consider what is dead, neither the deadness of that which is looking at, but you look to Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of your faith. And the Bible says he was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able to perform. Can you say amen? amen. So I, I mean, I know what they did, but I don't know when it took place. I know that one day he was standing outside the tent and he felt something and he said to Sarah, Sarah, get inside right now, woman. I feel something I haven't felt in a long time. Now get inside. Isaac is on the way. <laughs> Don't look at me like I'm making this stuff up. People always want to get super spiritual about it. How do you think they had Isaac? There's natural things that you have to do in order to have children. But you do the natural and God does the supernatural. So now he's got Isaac. Now Isaac was a little baby. You can see it from the scripture. It says, yeah, it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. So he said, why would God test you? Because God many times wants to see what we're going to do. Somebody says, yeah, but God already knows what we're going to do in his sovereignty. He knows. Sure, he does. But many times the test is for us so that we could find out what we're going to do. As I was sitting there Friday night, I realized that this was a test for them in order for them to go to another level. Because he said that. And the Lord said, okay. He said, if you, he said, Lord, if you get me to three million, I'm going to give a million. And the Lord said, okay. So he says, Abraham, and he said, behold, I'm here. And he said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and get to the land of Moriah and offer him, therefore, burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I'll tell you of. And Abram rose up early in the morning, settled his ass, and took two young men with him, and Isaac his son, and claved the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went to the place of which the Lord had told him. Then on the third day, Abram lifted up his eyes and saw the place. So they journeyed for three days. Abram said to the young men, abide here with the ass. I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come to you again. And Abram took the wood and burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. So he wasn't, he wasn't a little baby. He put the wood on Isaac to carry the wood. So Isaac probably could have been about 12, 13 years of age. So he lays it on him, and 
He took a fire in his hand and a knife, and both of them went together. So yes, Isaac carrying the wood for the sacrifice, which he's going to be the sacrifice. And Isaac then said to his father, Father, <laughs> my father. <laughs> he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold, here's the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb? So he wasn't stupid. His mind was already calculating out. Okay, we got the fire, we got the wood, but where is the sacrifice? Because he probably watched his dad do this before, and he knew you have to have a lamb. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. So they, both of them went together. So <clears throat> now here he is, he's submitted to the will of his father. He trusts his father, which God wants us to trust him. In God, if God tells us to put something on the altar, then we should just trust him. But Lord, I mean, if I do that, then what's going to happen over here? If I place that on the altar, then what's going to take place over here? Son, just obey. Watch this now. And when they came to the place, God told him, Abraham built an altar there for himself. So an altar is a place where you put everything on. It's sacrificial. This place here, the River Church, is an altar. There are people that give their life to the Lord here at the altar. People bring of their treasure and bring it to worship God. But God is working in their life. How many would say with the uplift of the hand, Pastor, just in the last three to five years, as I've been part of this house and being a part of what God's telling me, the Lord has greatly increased me and blessed me. Just wave your hand at me. So there's an outflow from you, but there's an overflow from God to you of God's promises to your house. I don't care what the devil's told you. I don't care even what other people told you. It doesn't really matter what they say. God's word is sufficient to carry every single one of you from here into the fullness of what he's promised you, for you, your wife, your children, and somebody said, well, I'm not even married. Then God will bring the right one along to you. Are you with me? Stop belly aching about it. Just keep trusting God. The right one will come at the right time. Amen. Anyway, so here he builds an altar and then laid the wood in order and bound. Now he ties his son up and put him on the altar with the wood. Now, at that juncture is when you start shouting, help, my father's lost his mind. I'm not a lamb. My dad's old. He thinks I look like a lamb. I am not a lamb. You said God will provide a lamb. What are you talking about? Let me ask you, what kid at 12 or 13 years old is just going to lie down while his dad ties him onto the thing? I do not know. I'll be honest with you. If my father tried to do that with me when I was 12, they would have heard me miles away. I love my dad. And I saw the name. I would be screaming the end of the world. He's lost his mind. You're three days away from the house. You're three days away from your mother. There's nobody that can help you. Even the guys that came with you are down below on the bottom of the mountain. They're probably not even going to hear you screaming. Abram took, stretched forth his hand, took his knife to kill his son. He's actually going to do it. Abraham is actually going to... 
Because the Bible says that Abraham believed God and actually saw his son given back to him in a figure. But if you see what was taking place, because an angel of the Lord called unto him from heaven, said, Abraham, Abraham, he said, here I am. He said, don't lay your hand upon the lad, neither do anything to him, for now I know, now I know that you fear God. So the test was not for any other reason but to see the effectual working of the fear of God in the life of Abraham and the execution of it. He said, yes, seeing that you've not withheld your son, your only son. Notice the terminology. You have not withheld your son, your only son. This was a place called Mount Moriah. If you go to the Holy Land today, Mount Moriah, if you stand there, you look, you'll see Calvary's right there. So the Bible says, Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, behold, there's a ram caught in the thicket. But the Bible says in the New Testament, Abraham saw the day. So when Abraham looked up, he actually saw Jesus hanging on the cross. Because what had taken place was because Abraham was prepared to take his son, his only son, and offer him as a sacrifice. God said, okay, fine. If you prepare to do that, I'm going to take my son, my only son, and I'm going to offer him for the sin of the world. Because of the covenant that God made with Abraham, that he continued with Isaac, that he continued with Jacob. Abraham lifted up his eyes and behold, the ram caught in the thicket. Abraham took the ram and offered him for burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah Jireh. So there was the substitute. What was Jesus? He was our substitute. Jesus went to Calvary and died for you so that you don't have to die. All you have to do is lay your life on the altar. Say, okay, from today, listen to the testimony of the young man, three months saved. Listen to what God's doing. Young man, God's going to do some great things for you. If his Lord's already doing that in three months, what's going to happen in the next nine months? Lord, have mercy. But something happens when you lay your life on the altar. Something takes place. So then now... God blesses him. The angel of the Lord said to Abraham, out of heaven the second time, by myself I have sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and not withheld your son, your only son, in blessing I will bless you, in multiplying I will multiply you as the seed, and your seed as the stars of the heaven, as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seed will all the nations of the earth be blessed because you've obeyed my voice. In actual fact, I'm blessed now because of Abraham, because I'm of the seed of Abraham. And the Bible says in the book of Galatians, that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For he's written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. And verse 29 says, And if ye, if ye be Abraham's seed, you are heirs according to the promise that this covenant that he made with Abraham, we are walking in today, in the year 2023. Because of Abraham. Because of his faith. Somebody said, yeah, but this was for the children of Israel. They rejected it. He came to his own. His own didn't receive him, but as many as received him, them gave him power to become the sons of God. So because they rejected it, it opened the way for the Gentiles to come. Are you with me? Do you understand? 
just because you might be a Jew or lives in Israel doesn't mean to say you're more blessed than me. I'm as blessed as you. In actual fact, I'm more blessed than you because you don't even understand what took place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say this after me. I am am Abraham's seed seed. and heirs according to the promise. Now, this did not just stop with Abraham. The blessing is to a thousand generations. The curse is to the third and fourth generation. The blessing is to 1,000 generations. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They say a generation is like 40, 45 years. So you go from Abraham and you crank it down to a thousand generations. Are we right in there? I'm just telling you right now because of what God wants to do. And even today, somebody said, well, I didn't even know this, Pastor. Well, let me tell you, it's free. All you have to do is just humble yourself to receive it. Somebody said, how do I do that? By just giving your life to Jesus, saying, Lord, thank you for dying for me on Calvary's cross. Abraham was a type of the father. Isaac was a type of Jesus. And then Jacob was a type of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Now, go over with me. Just let's go to um, let's go to Isaac. Let's look at Isaac. We know that um, Esau sold his birthright. Jacob got it through deception. But somebody said, "Well, that's just so terrible." I mean, how does God bless somebody who was a deceiver? Well, let me ask you a question: How does God bless anybody who is a sinner? Don't sit here today and classify yourself better than Jacob was. Because the Bible says all of sin that comes short of the glory of God. Amen? And that just shows you God's mercy and grace. But then Jacob wasn't the one to sell his birthright. Esau sold it. If Esau hadn't sold it, he would have received it. But he sold it. It's amazing what you do for a mess of pottage. Some people will sell their birthright for two tacos and one burrito. (laughs) One enchilada. So look at chapter 26 here. And there was a famine in the land besides the first famine in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. The Lord appeared to him and said, Go not down to Egypt, but dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in the land. I will be with you. I will bless you. I will be with you and your seed. I will give you all these countries. I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father. I will make your seed to multiply as the stars of the heavens. I will give thy seed to all, all these countries, and in your seed will all the nations of earth be blessed, because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. 
Then look at verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land, received the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. And the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great, for he had possessions of flocks, possessions of herds, and great store of servants, and Philistines envied him. And then if you read that on, it said, For all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, the far, his father, the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. So Isaac, which means laughter, went around and unblocked all the wells that the Philistines of life had blocked up. Because he, he was called Isaac because when God said you're going to have a son, Sarah laughed. Because that's what you do when you're 90 years old. And you get told you're going to have a child. You laugh. You laugh. So you see the promise even then to the son. Now, let's go to Jacob. Go to chapter 28. Now remember, Jacob is now nervous about Esau. Because he, he knows what's happened. And, I mean, basically, he's, he's, he's afraid. He thinks his brother's going to kill him. Are you with me? Which, rightfully so, that's what brothers would do, especially if they see you around, especially when you took the birthright. You know, I'm, I'll just murder him. I'll just murder him. But so here he is. Look at, look at, let's look at verse 28, and let's look at verse 10. Jacob went out from Bathsheba towards Haran, and he lied upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set and took the stones of the place and put them for pillows, and he lay down in the place to sleep. Now, so just stop for a moment. Jacob had nothing from God other than this dream that he had. It wasn't like what happened with Abraham, where the angel said, don't kill him, your son, your only son, or even with what took place where God spoke to Isaac. This was, he lies down and has a dream. But God will speak to you in dreams. It says here, he dreamed and behold, a ladder set upon the earth and the top of it reached the heavens and behold, the angel of God's ascending and descending and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the God of your Abraham, your father. So God identified himself, the God of Isaac. And the land where you lie, I'm going to give to you into your seat. So now this is a dream, but he doesn't know, he doesn't know anything other than this is a dream. How many have ever had a dream and you're not sure about the dream? Why? Because you had a dream. Who dreams you? How many have had dreams? Okay. In you shall be, in your seed shall be the dust of the earth, but as the dust of the earth, thou shalt spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south, and in thee and in thy seed, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And behold, I'm with you and will keep you in all the places where you go, and I'll bring you again to this land, because that was the big thing. Can, will I even get back to the land because my brother's going to kill me? I'll never get back. I'll never get back. I'm going to die. This was fear. This was a fear that was taking place. Which fear will stop you from ever entering into what God has for your life. Somebody said, Pastor, you haven't had fear. You have no clue what fears I've had to deal with. I just don't vocalize the fears. You have no clue. If I wrote a book on fear, you wouldn't even want to read it. If I wrote a book on the fears that I've had to face, it would be worse than a Stephen King novel. (laughs) 
Don't look at me and think, oh, you just have it easy. Remember, I can also have thoughts. How many have thoughts here? How many have had some thoughts that were not good? I've had a full collection of it. I've been living longer than some of you. I think I've been through the encyclopedia of thoughts that if there was a thought that anyone could think it, I've thought it. God says, I'm with you. I will keep you in all the places where you go. I'll bring you again to the land, for I'll not leave you until I've done that which I've spoken to you of. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep. So he wakes up and he says, surely the Lord is in this place and I didn't know it. And then he was afraid. How dreadful is this place? Which somebody said, why would you be afraid? Well, what happened to me three years ago when the fire came in my room, let me tell you, it was dreadful. It was dreadful. It shook me to the core. When that fire came around the four post of bed and came straight towards me, it took my breath away and shook me to the very core. And still there are days I find it hard to even talk about because it's holy. Your physical body doesn't even know what to do with it. So grateful that the day will come when we're going to have a glorified body because this physical body just would fritz out. I mean, if you went to heaven just in your physical body like that, you'd go... You, you'd be like, angels would carry you around and they'd go try to show you your, uh, because your physical body couldn't handle it. It's just, it, the power is too great. That's why you're going to get a glorified body. Aren't you happy about that? He was afraid. He said, how dreadful is this place? This is none other than the house of God, the gate of heaven. Joseph rose up early in the morning, took the stones he put for pillows and set them for a pillow and poured out oil upon top of it. And he called the name of the place Bethel, but the name of the city was called Luz at first. Then now he starts to just setting the bar. He actually sets a bar. He actually raises the level now because he's, he's not sure if what he heard was from God, but he's going to make sure. He's going to make sure. He's going to make sure. I'm going to make sure. I'm going to make sure. Come here, both of you, quickly. Step right over here. <laughs> Bring him over here quickly. Hallelujah. He's okay. Trust me, I'm a doctor. Step him right over here. So even that which God is birthing in your spirit shall come to pass. Just be patient. It'll all fall into place, and you'll see the hand of God, and you'll see that which he promised you shall come to pass. Amen. Stop trying to work out the details. Amen. I just had to do that. So he made a vow saying, if what, he's now repeating what he heard in the dream. He's repeating, if God will be with me, what did God say? I'll be with you. If he will keep me in the way that I go, what did God say? I'll keep you in the way that you go. If he will give me bread to eat, what did God say? I'm going to take care of you. And raiment to put on, in other words, I'll feed you, I'll clothe you. You will never, you will never be hungry and you'll never be naked. You heard what his son said, we'll come back with shirts. A three-year-old. Devils will come, come up, people will be healed, and we'll come back with shirts. New shirts. Huh? New shirts. 
New shirts, yeah. There will, I'm telling you right now, there won't be old T-shirts that have been eaten by moths. From a three-year-old's mouth, you'll have new shirts. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God will take care of his people. God will take care of you. So he said, so that I come to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I've said is a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you will give me, I'll give you a tenth. God never said to him in the dream, give me a tenth. God never said, uh, in the dream, I'll do all this for you if you give me a tenth. He never said that. He raised the bar. That's what happened on Friday night. Well, I was sitting there, I was watching Jonathan and Dallas. I, and I actually said to them, I, I said, listen, let me tell you right now, not only will the ministry go to another level where this will be a common occurrence because he wants to do this on a monthly basis. I said, you, God will so bless you that you'll be able to give away a million dollars every month. But personally, upon you and your wife and upon your daughter, you will see the hand of God and supernatural provision shall be your portion because it's a, it's a landmark. Something was set in place on the 31st day of March, 2023. And you'll never look back because that's the day you broke the back of what that limitation was. Are you with me? Somebody said, well, why does it involve money? I don't know what God's going to tell you to do. Obviously, we're going to receive an offering this morning. You can do whatever you want to, but nobody's under any pressure. The, the bottom line is, God, no one put Jonathan under pressure to do that. No one puts me under pressure to give what we give. The Lord will speak to me. God will wake me up in the middle of the night. You need to show this. And I don't even argue now. I've been doing this long enough. It's pointless arguing. Just, okay, yes, sir. Whatever thou say. I don't even sit and try to reason. Lord, if I do that, then we won't. We're over here. We need this over. I just, yes, sir. Whatever you say. Do you know that whole trip to Africa? We paid for everything. We paid for everything in advance. And I, even this morning, I was live on Instagram. People say, can you come here? Can you come there? I said, look, we'll come wherever God tells us to come. But you don't understand. It's not just us getting on a plane to come. I have to fund the whole thing before I even get there. Because when we get there, they don't do anything. And if they do, it's little, it's small, and doesn't even hardly pay the hotels. So I'd love to go anywhere, but I need to make sure that I'm taking care of the thing. Because I'm not a beggar. And then the Lord actually showed me how to bless everybody. I am so excited about what we're doing right now. Even this next week, what we're going to do. God, how many were here at the ladies' conference when I gave everybody sets of my books? Do you know that I'm going to do that from now until Jesus comes? Listen, I promise you, I am so excited about it. I'm giving away 22 books, but ultimately I'm going to get all my books on there. And everywhere I go around the world, I'm going to give all my books away every night. I'm so excited about it. I'm like, because I was praying, how can I bless people? I said, Lord, how can I bless people? Now, somebody said, well, what about me? I never got blessed with the books because I wasn't at the ladies' conference. I'll tell you, if you come Easter Sunday morning, I'm going to bless everybody with a set of my books on Easter Sunday morning. So how's that? In many of the currencies in the foreign fields, there's like $4,000 in their currency of books and stuff that we're putting in the hands. Somebody said, why would you do that? Don't you want to sell your books so you can make some money? We're not, we're not in the money-making business. We're in the blessing business. Why do you think we give away scholarships to everybody that comes to university? What university? Show me one university in America that gives away scholarships to everybody without it being paid back. There's no university on the face of the planet that does what we do it. 
And I'm only getting started. You haven't seen all of what we're going to do. We're not copying anybody. What we're doing is very, very unique. I worked out now that it, as we traveled across Africa, just in 10 days, I think we gave away over 500,000 books. This year, this year we will give away millions and millions of books into the nation of the earth. Can you say amen? amen. And I'm so excited about it. That means everyone that comes to every single service that we have is going to get blessed. Even if they don't want to get blessed. I mean, even if they're grumpy, they can still download the books and storm out of the building carrying 22 of my books. Because I was praying and I said, I kept feeling the Lord wanted me to do something different. When I was sitting there Friday night, I thought, a spider-thorn is something different. I never heard of one. I'm so excited about it. I might bring him down here, we'll, we'll do a spider-thorn. Yeah, I don't know. I will just see what happens. But I just, I thought it was great. How many have had the devil attack you? On many different occasions. Well, then you spite him. Because he tried to smite you. So now, or maybe he did smite you, but now you'll spite him. So you did that over here, then watch what I'm going to do over here. I'm going to hurt you over here. I'm going to bust you over here. And so he said, I'll give you a tenth. So we see here what was promised to Abraham manifest to Isaac and continue to Jacob and then all the way down to us here today on this the second day of the month of April 2023 you're raising the bar Pastor Shannon told me we, there's 650 people waited to be, waiting to be received into membership here. Yeah. So we're going to get that done. <clears throat> we're going to get that done soon. It's always about your worship. It's about you working a deal with the Lord. Because that's what, as I was sitting there on Friday night, I realized he's working a deal, yeah. He is. Somebody said, how do you recognize that? Because I know what I do. I know what I do. People say to me, Pastor, how do I have a breakthrough? I said, I don't know. You have to get with God and work a deal with him. Yeah, but what, what is the deal? I don't know. What, what's, he what's he telling you to do? What's God telling you to do? I can't tell you. Somebody said, tell me what to do. I cannot. You have to press into God. Somebody said, how do I do that? Switch off your stupid television. Get on your face. Cry out to God. Lock yourself in your house until you hear from heaven. And then do only what he tells you to do. If, if I do anything, I might confirm to you what God's telling you to do. But God will tell you exactly what he wants you to do. Because he loves every single one of you. And this is about an intimate personal relationship with him. Yeah. 
Somebody said, they, they're going to call me crazy. They'll call you a lot of things. But it doesn't matter what they call you. It's not going to change one thing. You know what? They can criticize you, but you know what? When stuff like this happens, you can take this and stick it up the devil's nostril and say, okay, you can say whatever you want to. And I didn't pay him to do that. I have nothing to do with it. I even looked at it and thought, well, that's a little crazy. What do you want to do that for? But it's a, it's, it's a level for him. It's where he wants to go. And you watch, I'm just telling you, you watch what God does with them. I've already seen what God's done with them just from 2012, 2013, 14, 15, 16. Watch what's about to happen. And I'm watching that happen with many other people. You will see what happens. People, people might criticize people and say, I don't understand this or whatever, and even mock. But it doesn't really matter because God's word is true and God doesn't lie. And when your heart is pure, I even, this is the real check because he said, please take that to the bank. We can't go to the bank with that, John. <laughs> But yes, a real check. I brought it here. So when we take the offering, I can put it in the offering. Somebody said, well, you could have give it to the, you could give it to the ministry. You could just put it in the ministry. I know. But let me tell you, it's that holy. It's that holy that I want to stick it in the offering here today. Because this is an altar. This is an altar. We, this is for, this is for the king. We are receiving this. This ministry is receiving this on, for this, for their ministry, for the king. For the king. And it's holy. You could feel it. You could feel it sitting there. You could feel it sitting. You could feel the very air moving. You could feel something holy was taking place. And I know they'll criticize them or whatever, but it doesn't really matter. He doesn't actually care. John doesn't really care. I mean, if you, if you watch, if you, if you see on the social media thing, he was talking about people that they eat blessings like an elephant, but poop like a cat. And I went like this, oh my, both myself and the dog, because I never heard that said. I never heard that saying before. I said, what do you mean? He said, they take in blessings for themselves like an elephant, but they poop like a cat. And I, I never heard that before. I, I, I come from the land of elephants. I know how much they eat. But apparently, Pastor Oyedepo uses that when he teaches on giving. He said, all these people make all the money. They eat like an elephant, but they poop like a cat. Amen. I thought, I never heard that before. In other words, the blessing comes to them, but never goes from them. They're always, one day I'm going to give a million. One day I'm going to give God 10 million. One day I'm going to, no, you set the bar. You set the level. You, you, that's what he said. When I get to three, I'm giving one away. So the bar to somebody might be 500 bucks or a thousand bucks. To somebody else might be 10,000. Somebody might be a hundred thousand. Somebody be a million. Other person could be 10 million. These people watching me right now, they're worth millions. 
Somebody says, you mean you're going to receive an offering? Yeah, we're going to receive an offering right now because this is part of what the Lord's doing here. This is the second month of the heaps. That million-dollar offering marked for the 31st of March made the month of March the greatest month of March we've ever had. So I prophesy to you that April will be the greatest month of April that you've ever had. And I felt that. If you remember when I started teaching this again, first week, first of all, I felt something. I felt the whole room move. I felt something take place. And I'm telling you, something's about to happen. March is already behind us. April, get ready for what's about to happen in April. And May and June and July. You'll eat like an elephant and poop like an elephant. I mean, to get it into context, to put it right. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I know I maybe upset somebody, but I mean, it's, it's an African saying. Have you got with Pastor Shannon yet? Have you got with Pastor Shannon? You need to get with him. Yeah. Because they're going to go plant a church and we just need to get some things laid out for them. Yeah. Praise God. Next week, I'll see if you go with him. Amen. Praise God. I think I told you last year to get with them. The sooner you get with them, the sooner you can launch. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So how many see the significance of this? I wish you were sitting there with me and you could just feel it. It was a very holy moment and I realized the Lord said, this is an altar for them. And then I thought, well, I'm going to share it in the offering, you know, the miracle of the million dollar that came in. But the Lord said, no, tell the people what I'm doing with them, what I'm doing with RMI, I'll do the same thing with them. Amen. Amen. And you would hear the testimonies. And you're going to hear the testimonies this month. I'm talking about this month. I spoke to him on the phone for half an hour this morning. He said, do you realize that I sowed the million? I already have it back. It's already flooded back in. Yeah. It's already flooded back in. It's already flooded back in. So let's do this right now. Just pray. You that are watching by way of television, even on the reruns, just pray, ask God what he'd have you do. And then be obedient to obey the Holy Ghost. Of course, we receive the morning tithes and offerings. And there's no pressure on anybody. This is something between you and Jesus. And something, husband and wife, you maybe need to take some time, talk to each other or whatever. But you're setting the bar, you're raising the bar, you're raising the standard for the month of April and what God's going to do here in the second month of heaps. 
So Father, right now, even as this is a holy moment and an altar that is being built for you, that individuals here, maybe they're single, couples, married couples, young men, young women, children, as they step out in faith, whatever you do, you watch over your word to perform it. And you prove yourself to each and every one of these that they shall see your hand in a powerful way. Thank you, Father. Help your people realize that this has nothing to do with money amounts. This has to do with their heart, and this has to do with them and Jesus. And I pray your blessing upon them now. Whatever is done in an act of worship shall be multiplied in the month of April. And I thank you for it, and I give you praise. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. You would just bow your heads. The greatest thing is when we put ourselves on the altar. God's actually looking for people. That's why he picked Abram. Changed his name to Abraham, then Isaac, and then Jacob. God is still picking people. He's still calling them. There's not one person here under the sound of my voice or those that are watching my way of television that is an accident. And somebody say, well, I really need to find out why I exist. Here we have the richest man in the world, Elon Musk has no reason why he's actually here. You can have all the money in the world, but not know why you're here. And I'm here to tell you there's a reason why every single person is here. And that reason is for God's eternal purposes to be made manifest through you. Somebody said, well, God just wants to send everybody to hell. That's not even true. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of the truth. That's why we travel the world, now 86 countries. That's why we work night and day to bring in the harvest of souls. And that's, I believe we're sitting over 44 million people that have come to know Jesus. But we're on a quest for 100 million right now. This is more than just attendance of a church. As you know, today, many millions will attend a church somewhere. But that's it. Is that hour or two or three or whatever they've given to the Lord? But the rest of the time, it's them on their own. What God is looking for is people whose lives are totally surrendered to him, that he has control of your life every waking moment. And that God can begin to do his purpose and plan through you. You might be here today and say, Pastor, you don't know, my life's a total wreck. I mean, God wouldn't even want me. Well, again, you don't know how great he is. God is a way of taking people's lives that were total wreck and transforming them to where nobody even recognizes them. And then God begins to use them. I meet people all the time, and when I hear their testimony, I think, and then I hear what God's doing through them, I think, you know the reason why the Lord's using them? Because they come from a different place. 
God uses me the way he does because I come from a different place from a lot of people. And God will use you. There's people you're going to reach that I could never reach, no matter what I do. The testimonies we're hearing here on a Sunday morning, amazing. But you can't imagine the testimonies that's going to be produced, as we're already hearing from around the world, of people that have graduated out. The, the school is now 25 years old. Thousands of students that have gone out, and then you begin to find out what God's been doing with them. Whole nations are being impacted right now. I'm not exaggerating. Whole nations are being impacted because of what's come right out of this sanctuary. And what God is about to do, even in the next four months of the heaps, is an acceleration. But he's just looking for total control of your life. And if you're here today, you fit into any one of these categories, I want to pray with you and for you. Maybe you came here today. You've never given your life to Jesus. You've never said, Jesus, come. I give you my life. Take my life. I surrender to you. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do just that today. To say, yes, Lord, I surrender. Maybe you've never, ever prayed to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But today you'll do that. He loves you, and he stands with arms wide open, and he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. He says, come. Come in. Come in from the cold. Come in from the life of self and sin. Come to the foot of the cross and just leave it all at Jesus' feet, and then come and let him make you anew. That today you walk out of this place changed, transformed, not by the hand of man, but by the hand of the Lord, because he loves you. He says, come. Will you just say yes? Will you just say yes, Jesus? Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I gave my life to the Lord in days gone by, but I've grown cold. I'm not serving God like I should. But today I want to come back. Just let us stand there. That's fine. If she's coming in the altar call, just let us stand there. You say, Pastor, I grew cold. I've allowed the things of the world to come in. I've lost my first love. I've lost my joy. I've lost my peace. There was a time when I had the, the excitement that I hear on the platform today with people's testimony, but that left me. Maybe there's something hidden that you've never dealt with. Pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust, hidden things. Today, God sets you free from that. He said, I will take out the stony heart and put it in a heart of flesh. He said, a new spirit will I put within you. He's not going to force himself on you. But he'll come if you surrender to him. Maybe it's not hidden. Maybe it's something outward. And that's what makes it even worse. Because now there's this blotch against you. And people will always remind you of the blotch. But Jesus comes and he cleans that. And he'll never bring it up ever again. 
Just like that old song said, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood, lose all the guilty stain. Today, the power of sin will be broken. The power of guilt and shame will be removed from your life. You might have come in here one way, but you leave another way. And he calls you today. Maybe it's not hidden outward as we describe. Maybe a storm came against your life. As many have been through storms, 2020, 2021, 2022, and some even this year, a sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. I mean, I'm dealing with, with ministers that have lost family members that are devastated. Pastors of huge churches, they just want to, they want to quit. They said, we were doing, everything looked great. And then, then suddenly the wife dead, the kids dead or whatever. It takes the wheels out from underneath you. They can't even, they don't even know how to pray. So the storms of life come to each and every person. But today the Prince of Peace comes and says, peace be still. And he calms the storm. No matter what you've been through, if you'll surrender to him right now, say yes, Lord. And then lastly, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I love the Lord with all my heart, but I don't have the assurance I don't have the assurance that I'm a child of God. I, it always bugs me. I wonder if I died, can I really say with all assurance, I'm going to go to be with Jesus. I don't have that assurance, but today I want to have that assurance. If this is you and you fit into any one of these three categories, I want to pray with you and for you right where you are on this Palm Sunday as they celebrate his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Would you celebrate his triumphal entry into your heart? by raising your palm and saying, yes, Lord. If that's you right now, put your hand up and say, yes, Lord. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you in the balcony, thank you in the balcony, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. In the balconies, raise up high underneath the overhang. Thank you, thank you, yes, yes, yes. Because today, there will be a triumphal entry of Jesus walking into your heart. Because today he comes in. He's using a donkey to bring this message to you right now. Because I've been called that in other terms. But I'm just the one to carry the message. If there's anybody else, quickly just put your hand up and say, yes, today's my day on the second day of April. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Raise up high. You may put it down. Look at me, if you would, please. In this section here and up into the north balcony, you didn't raise your hand but want to be included. Quickly, just put that hand up right now and say, include me. Right up at the top, right over there. Anybody else on the floor? Raise up high. Hand there, hand there. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Thank you. God bless you. Yes. Anybody under the overhang? Just slip it up high. Then the middle section here and the west balcony. You didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Put the hand up right now and say, include me. Include me today, right up at the top. God bless you on the floor. Anybody else? Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? This section under the overhang and then here, right under the south balcony and then in the south balcony. If you didn't raise your hand, right over there. God bless you. Up in the balcony, slip it up high and say, yes, 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 yes to Jesus. 
Thank you, thank you. I want every person that raise your hand, if you do something, stand to your feet right now. Stand to your feet all across the building. Stand up right now. I want to pray with you and for you. I want, to, I want you to bring your personal belongings and come. Stand right here. Bring your personal belongings and come now. Come. Come now. decided to follow Jesus no turning back no turning back we'll wait for you as you come from the balconies we'll wait for you just come right now world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back. No turning back. They're coming from the balcony right now. Obviously, that's going to get quicker. Once our elevators are put in, it's going to get quicker to get down here. Somebody said, boy, you really have to exercise here if you're going to come to an altar. <laughs> we'll wait for you. We'll wait for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just so you know, next Sunday, these are the books I'm going to give away. I'm going to give you Seeing Jesus It Really Is, The Curse Is Not Greater Than The Blessing, God's Top Ten, The Reality of Life After Death, and then the history books I've written, The Killing of Uncle Sam, Ken, The Planet, The Phantom Virus, Social Mind, The Microscope, Kingdom Business, What Happens When Jesus Shows Up, This Present Glory, Sowing and Famine, The School of the Spirit, Manifesting the Holy Ghost, What Gifts Do You Bring the King, Fresh Oil from Heaven, How to Increase and Release the Anointing, The Coming Revival, The Anointing Mini Book, The Touch of God, the first book I did on the anointing back in 92, The Gifts of the Holy Spirit, and The Coat My Father Gave Me, these 22 books and you'll download it onto your device. So come with the device so you can download it next Sunday morning. It's my gift to you on Easter Sunday. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Somebody said, oh, what about us online? You know what? I'll make it available for you too online. Yeah. 
Amen. I want you to look at me, you that are standing here today. We're going to pray a simple prayer. If you mean business with God, God means business with you. When you read the scripture, then you see the thief on the cross. He turned to Jesus and said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. So a lot of times when you come around religion, they're always going to make so many hoops to jump in to get saved. Really, the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart man believes, and with the mouth confession is made. So you, you believe in your heart, and you say it with your mouth. That's how you get saved. When you think about it, that's how you actually get married. Do you? I do. I do. And you both did, and then you married. So you get saved the same way, by, by confessing that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and you're going to ask him to forgive you of your sin, which he will do today. Because he says, no man comes to me except the Spirit draw him. So the Holy Spirit is drawing you to himself here today, number one. The Bible says, he that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. So he's not going to push you away. He's not going to say, oh, no, no, you're too bad. Get away from me. The fact that you came here means the Holy Spirit drew you. If you didn't come here, it means you weren't drawn. You weren't drawn. You just, you just were still trying to decide if you're going to give your life to Jesus. There are people that will stand before God on the day, and they'll be like King Agrippa. Almost you persuaded me to be a Christian. Almost. I was going to give my life to Jesus, but I didn't. I almost did. That's why we witness and tell people about Jesus every day so that no one will have an excuse on the day to say, I never heard, no one told me. Everybody's going to get the opportunity to hear. Even from you coming out of this service today because you're going to go and go tell somebody what Jesus has done for you. So if you've been busy with God, God means busy with you. You that are watching by way of television across America, we're in 70 million homes right now across America on the Dish and Direct TV platform. We're on around the world on our own network. We're on, on, sat, on satellite, free to air. We're we on all the platforms streaming right now. There's many people that are watching, and we're going to pray. As I pray with them, you pray with me. So just close your eyes. Raise your right hand to heaven. That's where your help comes from. Pray this out loud. Believe it in your heart. Say it with your mouth. Say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, and I believe in my heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, I will be saved. So, Father, right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. Fill me. Use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose from me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this day on, I'll never be the same again. I confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord 
and my Savior. And right now, by faith in the finished work of the cross and by the shed blood of Jesus, I'm saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me now. Now, just lift both hands right even where you are watching in your homes. Now, Father, I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit, that on that day not one would be missing. Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God and use them to impact this generation, we pray. I break every curse. I break every curse of witchcraft. I set you free by the power of the blood of Jesus from this day. Every tormenting thing that would torment you. I break the power of drugs and alcohol. I break every addiction in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you that right now you wash them clean by your blood and seal this so that on that day, not one will be missing. On that day, everyone will be there and they will hear these words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And I thank you for that now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 As a servant of the Most High God, by the power of the blood of Jesus, by the power of the name of Jesus, by the power of the Word of God, by the awesome power of the Holy Spirit, I tell every single one of you, your sins are forgiven you right now. Forgiven. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard-Brown or for additional resources, visit Revival.com.